0: Welcome back to the Pineapple Couch with B-Rob. This is episode 106, and today is Friday, June 25th, and we are going to be going through episode 3 of Loki, the series on Disney+. Plus. Uh, a little shorter of an episode this week, a little slower, but I anticipate that it's building up to something quite spectacular. So excited to talk about that, and excited to talk about that with my friend. You know him. You love him. He's been here every week. Peter. Peter, how you doing, my friend?
1: i'm doing great it's great to be here and yeah like you mentioned a little bit shorter of an episode 42 minutes So i'm assuming some of the later episodes are going to be a little bit longer to make up for that
0: yeah i think this was really the calm before the storm and i don't want to get too much into this on this episode because i just think it's dumb but like the idea of people actually being pretty disappointed with this episode i understand if you think hey this episode's a little slow hey it's pretty quick Or, it's really short. I texted you this, Peter, and I'm going to repeat myself because everyone should listen. Not every episode of a Disney Plus series is going to have a moment where Cap picks up Mjolnir like in Avengers Endgame. Come on, people. Like, we need to have reasonable expectations for this stuff. And if you've ever watched television, I'm by no means a television critic or snob. But when you watch a season of television, Peter, sometimes some episodes are slower and they build to something because that's works. That's how you create a plot. You can't have it on 100 miles per hour the whole time. Am I making sense?
1: You're making I'm right there with you on that same page, because when you texted me that I was like in total agreement because you have to lay the foundation for those big moments. Mm-hmm. Avenger the the cap moment in Endgame could not have happened had you not had all the movies before that leading up to that. Mm-hmm. So here it's yes, it's a six episode show, but they have to build to those reveals so that they have a sense of meaning and really carry the weight going forward. Otherwise, why it's you get bored. You're like, Oh, here's another reveal, here's another it's like that, that mm-hmm. defeats the purpose of watching a serialized show like this, which is allowed to have these moments to really breathe mm-hmm. and let you learn about the characters, their backstory, in a way that you can't do in a two-hour movie, which is why those movies are more boom, boom, boom. Here you're allowed to do boom, take a beat, yeah. and then build to it again.
0: And that's important because it one establishes the stakes, and it's like how the MCU, like you just mentioned, the Cap Mjolnir, it was paid off. Be- it was so great because there was reference at- to it in a couple movies and that's what these shows have to do is hey if everything's on 100 miles per hour the whole time the finale is not going to feel great and two they're giving us these moments to help appreciate what's going to come so we're on the same page there let's get into this episode uh it opens with sylvie and the tv agent she captured kidnapped last episode in some sort of memory sylvie is working to get the location of the uh the timekeepers. Um, out of the TVA agent in this weird, weird, like, fantasy illusion. Um, And we can kind of tell something's up with this, Peter, of what's going on, because the TVA agent half the time acts like she's best friends with Sylvie, and the other half of the time she acts like she has no idea who Sylvie is. And it's in this weird, like, bar, and they're having margaritas. And we find out that Sylvie's basically using the enchantment power to get the information out of her by taking her back to a memory that will be comforting. So basically, if they, she's trying to make someone incredibly comfortable. So for me, if you were to say, hey, Brian, uh, they're trying to get information out of me. You put me front row at a Giants or Chargers game and give me a few beers. I might give you a little more information. So I see what she's doing here. And through all this, we find out and Sylvie finds out that the timekeepers are up the gold elevators in the TVA that's at least what we think um and then obviously the opening title plays uh before we get into that song because you made a good note about it what did you think of that whole uh cold open
1: i thought it was a very jarring cold open and a nice way to kind of draw you in and again show that these shows aren't predictable in any case whatsoever because this was very un mcu like visuals to see in a bar scene in a restaurant You don't really expect that necessarily in Mm -hmm. a movie like this. But I think that it really allowed, again, for you to kind of see this exchange of how Sylvie is getting this information and what happens when she does do the enchantment over people. Whereas, suppose we just were like, oh, she puts her hand on their head and they kind of go green, but that's Mm -hmm. it. But now we got to see kind of what they kind of go to. Like you said, that place of comfort.
0: Yeah, and what weirdly popped into my mind as I was watching this just cuz it kind of had similar vibes. You say it's kind of like not the usual MCU. The that scene kind of reminded me of flashbacks that we had in Captain Marvel of yeah. C- uh Carol Danvers and uh Monica No, what's her mom's name? Is it Monica? No, it's uh it's Captain Rambo. I I don't I forget her name already. But the flashbacks of them kind of reminded me of that. That's going to really bother me now that I don't know her name. I'm going to look it up, like, literally right now. Um, all right. We're, we're doing this live. Monica Rambeau. Maria Rambeau is her Marie- mom. There we Not go. Me. There we go. It's early, folks. Um, Peter, you made a note about the opening title song. What you got? So, yeah, I thought it was
1: really interesting that, um, because, again, this gave me vibes to, we haven't really seen this in MCU other than, like, in, Endgame, game. I think maybe Guardians of the Galaxy, where you have music playing over the Marvel credits happening, and so this song, interestingly, was a very—it's a, a song called "Demons" by Hayley Kiyoko, which is you know about what goes about what you wrestle with in your head, which I thought was very interesting. This name so specific would play as a song right after a scene where Sylvie is literally playing in mm-hmm. in the TV agent's head to get information. So I thought that was an interesting choice by them especially stylistically. The show has been such a very specific tone and vibe and they just continue to do that.
0: Yeah, I think um, one thing I've noticed through phase four of the MCU or basically ever since Guardians is basically people realize how important a soundtrack can be. So you obviously, Guardians 2 has it, Black Panther has it, Avengers Endgame has it, Loki has it, and even in a weird way, Wanda had it. Maybe not like well-known like pop songs, but they created their own songs that by after three days, everyone, I mean, we all still remember the Agatha all along jingle, and that's insane. So I think they are really leaning into the music, and I'm down for that. That's a good note. Um And then so after the opening titles, Sylvie uses the portal to enter the TVA that we saw at the end of last week's episode. She doesn't know this, however, but Loki follows her. Sylvie immediately tries to use her magic against the TVA agents, and it doesn't work. We're in the TVA. We established that earlier. So she uses the TV agents, TVA agents, like weapons to erase people. It's kind of like I imagine it. It's like a a knockoff version of a lightsaber that just like kind of erases people. Is how I look at it.
1: This is just this is why this show works so well because I was about to say that this that the scenes right there were very Star Wars like in a sense to me. Uh-huh. And it doesn't surprise
0: me you say lightsabers. I mean, yeah. You know? Well, it's also in a bunch of Star Wars video games. Like they have like the elite level like clone troopers or stormtroopers have these like batons or whatever that are exactly like that. So that's all I was thinking about. That's the that's how it pays off to be a nerd sometimes, folks. Um we see Loki enter through the portal. He goes and grabs his knives from the locker once he was back in the TVA because we saw Agent B13 took them away from him before they went to Roxcart. At the end of last episode, Um, Loki then surprises Sylvie in front of the elevator and they fight. Loki keeps asking if she's sure she is a Loki, offers to work together, then says you lack vision. So they're bickering and bickering like Lokis would. And they keep fighting until Ravona Renslayer and other TVA agents show up. Renslayer has like a super version of this weapon lightsaber slash thing. Um, and she's about to go swing at them. We do get a cool moment though, Peter, where Sylvie's like, takes Loki essentially hostage and says, if you do anything, I'll kill him. And she says, do it. Like, I don't care, which I expected when they did that. But it's also cool to see the, just the no nonsense, no bullshit, uh, attitude from Renslayer. So she's about to go. Erase them, and then Loki uses the Tempad to open a portal to get them away from Renslayer in the TVA, and they end up on another planet. Peter, what do you think of that whole interaction there we had in the TVA?
1: What really stands out to me is that we continue to see that Loki is, I guess, not that good of a fighter. Like, his fighting style is not... It's a bit rusty. Yeah, it doesn't have that same weight that you see in the other heroes in the MCU. And I like, again, that we're not seeing that everyone can fight exactly the same. Everyone's the same powers. It's, you do see a variety and kind of shows that the characters do have weaknesses. So it was nice. It was interesting to see Sylvie be able to overtake him in a sense. Because, again, this, he hasn't been successful necessarily in any of his combats thus far in Loki,
0: if we think about it. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Um, We do find out, however, right when they land that the Tempad they use to travel, the TVA device, it's out of juice. It's out of power. So there's a lot of tension between the two of them. I mean, every two seconds they act like they're going to kill each other again, um, which is uh, very fitting for Lokis. Uh, We find out that Loki teleported them to Lamentis 1 in 2077. You made the note very, very Star Wars-esque.
1: It just it took... Maybe it's because it's
0: got the Mandalorian on the mind,
1: you know, that, and I said the planetariness of it. The, it just, again, it has that feel to it that mm-hmm. is very space, which is, you know, something that the MCU hasn't really done as much of in space. So it's nice to see that we're kind of building out to these other worlds and other planets. And yeah, it just... Tonally, the show just continues to be in a very specific vibe.
0: Yeah, that's a great point about why it's Scream Star Wars because if you think about it in every uh episode of Mando, I mean even in uh the last two of the new series of Star Wars, every single time they visit a planet, you kind of get that overarching shot and you get the title of it in a very similar way to what we got there with lamentus One. So that's a good point. I didn't think about that that much. Um so, they're on Lamentus 1 in 2077. Uh, Sylvie says that this is the worst of all the apocalypses, and we know she's been hiding from the TVA in apocalypses, so she's a pretty good source there. We'll take her at her word for that. Um, and the moon, basically, the moon is going to crash into this planet, and no one is going to survive. This is a level 10 or maybe even more. I can't imagine a worse. Because like, if the Roxcart was level 10, is this level 100 I mean, it must be because
1: you're wiping out an entire civilization planet as opposed to just one specific area.
0: Yeah. Um, And so Sylvie is obviously very upset with Loki for taking them here, ruining her plan at the TVA. And obviously now the Tempad is all fucked up. So she tries to use her enchantment powers on Loki because they do not but they do not work. And he says this is because his mind is too strong. I want to take a moment, Peter. There's a very big theory online essentially that this might all have been an illusion in Sylvie's putting Loki through this, and I like to theorize I'm curious what you think, but I think we're reaching way too hard. I think this just happened yeah i I, I don't think, get the enchantment vibes at all
1: i don't think I don't think she can enchant him I don't I feel like if because this is Loki pre-Ragnarok I think his stra- his powers are pretty heightened at this point I mean he just came mm-hmm. off of Avengers where he was almost took over the whole earth so I think the whole idea this whole thing would be it's because it's like why why would she put him through this whole thing and I don't think I don't think it would land to have that kind of be what you're doing to Look, I think there's too many factors to negate that theory. Yeah, I think I agree. the TVA involvement, I think there's too, it, there's I can't get on board with that
0: one. Yep, same. It'd be just too much in my opinion. Um so they finally kind of stop fighting and bickering and just they, actually they stop fighting. They bicker throughout the rest of the episode, but they decide to work together to charge the tempad so they can get off this planet. They need to find a power source to, to charge this. Um Sylvie though, I mentioned this earlier, she tells Loki how he interrupted a plan that was years and years in the making. Which starts for which, which we start to wonder like how old is this Sylvie? How long has she been going through this? We'll get to that later. Um, they go through searching through the planet for a power source. Asteroids are falling. We see the moon. Shit's going down. Um, we also get Sylvie telling Loki that she does not go by Loki anymore. And you, what's your point here? So my point is, I feel like the route we're going now is
1: the merging of lady loki and in sylvie enchantress it's similar to how we kind of rebooted agatha from the comics into agatha in mm-hmm. the mcu where we're kind of taking parts of the character into this new version of the character that better serves and i guess is a little more a cleaner way to transform the mcu going forward as opposed to having to build which is it's a little frustrating sometimes but i understand where they're kind of going with it if that's yeah. the case
0: I think you're right. I think I was really holding on to the idea that this could be Enchantress. This could not be a Lady Loki. But I think you're right. I think this is like a combination of the two of them. And one of the reasons, though, I didn't think they were going to do this is because they already, with Hela, combined a little bit of Enchantress into her as well. So they've kind of used the Enchantress with two different... um, characters now not obviously being the main one but like the aspects of it it and i'm fine with it i'm not too bummed but i do think it's like damn the enchantress is a really cool character and i, I don't understand why you wouldn't just do that and this seems to kind of in a way that hella didn't and you correct me if if you disagree but it kind of closes the door on there ever being an enchantress
1: yeah, I, I mean I can kinda get on yeah, board with that because if if we're adopting into words one character, then you're choosing what well, did she start off as Lady Loki and then become the Sylvie type enchantress character to break free of the Lady Loki yeah. variant? Because in the sneak peek for next week you do see a younger Sylvie yeah, with the black the black hair. Mm-hmm. So therefore and but now Sylvie has blonde, which is again what messes with the minds yep. of people that are the nerds that are like the details it's all about the details where you're like this doesn't match up so it's i think for this i'd have to pass judgment after episode 6 to fully decide was this the right call or not the right call i think that'll be what determines it for me where we go with this character yeah because i think it's i think it's a little too early to tell if like we're going to go more into the enchantress side of it or into the lady loki side of it
0: I, th- I think it also really for me depends on l- the longevity of Sylvie, this character, because if they just use her just in this show, theoretically, that's a huge waste, in my opinion, of not only Enchantress, because you're using her, but also Lady Loki. I think how this works, and I have faith that it will probably work, is that this Lady Loki is going to have some sort of role in the future of the MCU in some way. Because that happens in the comics. Loki comes back, goes around, like, changes bodies. So hopefully that um, is the case because that would make a lot of this better. But carrying on, um, they're they're going through the planet, right? They find this little, like, trailer slash hut, and an old woman with a crazy futuristic gun, like, kind of attacks them and, like, sends them flying with this, like, huge, like, pulse of energy. I'm not really sure. Loki tries to dress up or like shapeshift into her husband she doesn't buy that but she does tell them however that there is a train on the other side of town that takes them, that could take them to the ark which is a ship that's on the other side of the planet that is going to help ferry people off the planet before their imminent doom because of this moon and so they're going to go there peter because that would be a power source theoretically big enough to charge the temp pad so um, now we're going to the train station. All understand?
1: this is just very Star Wars, though. I just it's have to say so, again, when so she shoots them with the gun in the trailer, in the locations, the fact that there's a ship to take them off the planet, like, it's hard not to... I mean, if I guess if you haven't watched Star Wars or if you don't like Star Wars, you can kind of keep the two separate in your mind. But if you have experienced both, it's kind of hard to be like, this is all kind of coexisting, in a mm-hmm. sense.
0: yeah. Um, and so then they get to the train station, and Loki disguises himself as a guard. That's his plan. And when that plan doesn't really work, as they're trying to get in, Sylvie uses an enchantment that allows them to get through security and onto this train. And holy shit, does this train remind me of? There, is, I think it's called Snowpiercer with Chris Evans. It's it's a there's a Chris Evans movie now. There's a TNT yes. series it's like that's such th- those vibes i mean almost in a weird way marley pointed this out this morning some kind of like hunger games vibes i, I think i only saw one or two of the hunger games so i'm not too familiar but i i kind of see what they're saying because it's like the post apocalyptic thing i think have you not seen them i i don't think that's bad at all i don't remember anything that happened
1: so, Hunger Games, I read the books, watched the movies, so minor disappointment right there. Minor mm-hmm. disappointment. Um, I definitely did. The train was a very pivotal part of Hunger Games and those lives. It also kind of gave me kind of like Alfred Hitchcock movie type vibes with being on a train because a lot of his stuff does happen in trains because you are in those confined quarters where things can happen and you really have dialogue that really takes the center stage. Which I think is why for some people this show's like, oh, it's kind of slow. It's kind of boring. But it's like the dialogue is so important to the overarching story that's going forward.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. And um, it eventually works, though. They do get on this train. And we start to get some information out of the two Lokis, mainly our Loki talks. But we do get a bit out of Sylvie over the course of this episode. Um, we learn that Sylvie basically has been running from the TVA her whole life. And you said that we see the trailer next week of a young Sylvie, like very young with black hair. So we are going to get some more input or information on how long exactly has she been running because we know Asgardian gods can last, can live for a very long time. And because she's hopping realities, is she like not aging? I don't know. I think that's something to think about. And because she was taken when she was so young, she barely remembers her mother. But we also know that or find out that we learned that Sylvie was told she was a frost giant and it wasn't kept a secret to her. Like it was to Loki. Maybe that's the, the, like what made her a variant and created the Nexus event. Is that because because she she knew that or something? I don't
1: know. That's a very interesting point. I think her whole timeline really is, they mentioned it a few times in this episode, which I think is going to say a lot going forward because when we're introduced to this show in episode one, we're led to believe this variant situation where they're killing um, Minutemen is a more recent thing. But she tells Loki this plan has been going on for years. Yeah, she, and, it's wild. So something's not adding up between the TVA and Sylvie, which as the episode goes on, starts to make more sense also. Yeah.
0: Um, and so Loki explains to Sylvie, he talks about his mother because she doesn't remember too well explain how she taught him to use magic talks very highly of her basically says like she was she said i could do anything very and that's uh, this is what we knew about frega and loki even though loki was obviously misguided and doing the wrong thing frega had this love for loki and seemed just like a great mother and even in the scene i mean this is probably the best example of it actually is in endgame when Thor goes and talks to her and she knows she finds out she's going to die. She's like very calm about it and just an an all-time mother figure, I guess, in the MCU, to be honest. Like, shout out to moms. No, totally. Especially because I feel like through her, we really see the vulnerability of the Lo-
1: vulnerable yep. side of Loki. And I think it really... Again, in this show, allows that to really shine in a way you only get glimmers of in the movies because again, you only have a certain amount of time to deal with things. But here, you're really allowed to see her impact on him, and out and without him, him having gone to Ragnarok, you're seeing him get to this specific that kind of similar place a different route. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting because you just wonder if one or two things happen differently in the history of the mcu is loki a different person maybe he finds this earlier because we're seeing it happen to him so fast again though it is kind of in a crazy way carrying on we also get out of this conversation loki confirms that he's bi which you put wrote the note is that the first major character for the mcu i believe so I can't think of any other. Maybe someone I know in Eternals is going to it's be... Suppo-
1: right, but that comes out after, yeah. essentially. I mean, it wasn't supposed to come out after, but it does come out after Loki. So, in a sense, this could be the first.
0: Yeah, and uh, what I'll say about this is anyone who's mad about this, first of all, read the comics. It's accurate. And it's like, did you watch Game of Thrones? Did you Have you, like all like as guardians are like almost medieval in that sense of those like older like medieval tales in a way and that's so common in all of that so i don't one know how you could be mad about it and two how would that surprise you i just don't get like i don't know you have any thoughts on this i just think people will complain about anything it's like jesus christ people calm down
1: I think you sum it up quite well. I think I think it in a sense, if this is if this is what it takes for you to stop watching the show, then that's unfortunately a loss for you. But I mean, that this these shows serve to further explore the nuances to the characters and allow you to see that they are more than just an act, this robo, this two-dimensional person in that you feel like superhero shows are supposed to be like no, if you watch the shows that characters have, multiple layers to them. And this mm. just further continued in a way that I felt was very subtle and just very matter of fact, a very non event, so to speak. Yeah. That was just like, and the conversation continued with them on the train.
0: I find it interesting. If you have a problem with that, you're like, Oh, that's so like, how could that happen? That doesn't make sense. But you've accepted that there are, is a lady version of Loki and there are variants and there's a all seeing time keeper and that's the part that gets you held up come on come on people come um sylvie we're back on the train sylvie ends up falling asleep and wakes up to a drunk loki dancing and singing you put this in the notes the thor one parallel right on the nose this from the smashing of the cup and just i think this scene obviously not like crucial to the plot him dance like or kind of is but It's just one of my favorite Loki scenes ever, kind of, because it's just the happiness and the silliness of Loki and Tom Hiddleston singing and dancing, slowing it down, getting all dramatic, and then going right back into the I don't give a fuck mentality. I really like that, and I I just think it's so – I mean, I might be saying this over and over again, but I just think it's so awesome that they continued this character and didn't have it just end in Endgame like we saw because Tom Hiddleston and Loki is really – as time – he's – like what is he a top four staple of the mcu half yeah has to be because well, it's I iron like to... man cap thor and then what natasha yeah but wouldn't you say loki's more it has kind of like had more screen time and is more i think it's close i think you throw Natasha a there. i think right they'd there. be close loki and i think um spider-man probably hopped and jumped uh hulk and hawk yeah
1: over. But to, to go back to the part of him singing and stuff, which he's singing in Asgardian. If that's, I think it's Asgardian. It's what you call the language, right? Yeah. So he's singing in Asgardian. It reminded me also of when, in WandaVision, Wanda sings the lullaby in Sokovian. Because, it, again, it shows you the roots of these characters in these moments of... outside all of the craziness that's happening. I mean, this planet's about to explode, basically, but he's, like, still able to do this be himself in this sense and i think when you look at it through that lens you you can't think that this is a boring episode or this is a wasted episode because every little thing in these shows has a weight going forward
0: yeah I, I and i think that's why it's dumb to call an episode slow i'm, I'm completely on you because it establishes stuff for the future one other thing on the 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 singing it was just like the most like the biggest Lord of the Ring vibes you could possibly throw out there, like just unbelievably uh, Lord of the Rings-esque. So good to see that you're looking like you haven't seen the Lord of the Rings. No, no, please, uh, okay. I've seen, I've seen, <laughs> I've
1: seen, the regular versions okay, and go, the extended go, 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 edition. Go. So the, the I've been look, on. I was the...
0: worried with the look you were giving me.
1: No, the look was just like of like I'm st- i How did I miss that? Because that's such a. That's so true. That's mm. oh,
0: that's so true. Great, yeah.
1: great get, great
0: catch on that. You, thank you. Um, and so after this whole scene of Loki dancing, Sylvie's trying to like say, yo, the guards are noticing you. Why are you not in your outfit that you snuck in here? And Loki's like, no one gives a crap. It's the end of the world. And we find that is not true because guards, guards come out. They ask for the tickets. Doesn't work out for Loki. They start fighting. And eventually Loki is thrown off the train and Sylvie follows because loki has the tempad and um in a very bad moment for sylvie and a tough look for a guy loki he reveals that the tempad was crushed in his fall out of the train so if it as of right now at this moment it's like how the hell are they gonna get off this planet that was their only way theoretically what'd you think of that
1: I think I think it further disrupts that theory of this being an enchantment for Loki to be going through. I think it, I think it's just also we just see Loki fall out fall a lot. If we think about it. him crash land into things, you know, from Ragnarok to dark, through dark whatever dark
0: from Thor, to, Thor dark two dark world and then Thank Hulk you. throwing him around in Avengers, yeah. all sorts. Yeah, he of... just he do, he just always ends up on the ground. So it was just like,
1: I think it just continues to show that his character who is attempting to be the most on top of everything constantly also screws up
0: yeah it's it's, it's that perfect balance of loki well it kind of relates back to peter of how owen wilson mobius's character was in a way just telling like L- loki you always lose yeah. like that's what you do and so i think that's a good uh way to look at that um sylvie's pissed very pissed until they come up with a plan to hijack the ark that ship that is leaving the planet so they can save their lives and change what actually happens here because sylvie says like this the ship never gets off the planet and loki goes well we were never on it so maybe they can create some sort of event that changes what was going to happen um which is lofty expectations but hey we got two loki's we'll see what they do Um, Sylvie reveals though how she does enchantments to Loki as they're walking this way and I'm going to summarize it in one sentence it's basically creating a fantasy for these people with their memories and easing them so you can get what you want out of them that's how I took it
1: that is the perfect and simplest explanation of a very complex happening in the MCU but well done
0: thank you because I feel like I could go like for two paragraphs on that and it would just make it more confusing so it's just like just think about it in this simple it's basically creating a fantasy with people's memories that's what the enchantments are for us um she also tells him this is this is a big moment it's a big moment she also tells Loki that all the TVA agents are variants but they do not know that this is huge Peter this is what we were talking about last week and I'm not going to steal this line that you have in the notes here you got to say it it's it's an all-time hashtag
1: Hashtag justice for the jet ski.
0: Jet ski confirmed. We're getting our boy Mobius back. He's probably like a, a thirty-five-year-old in Florida who has a jet ski. Loves to. I mean, all the sodas he's drinking are from the '90s in the U.S. So yes, this is really confirming what we thought—that these TVA agents weren't just created by the Timekeepers, because that whole concept was wild. Like, how would that work? They're actually variants who I guess their minds have been wiped since they were caught and now they are TVA agents. So if you think about earlier in the season when they're talking about how the different types of variants, there's obviously someone like Loki steals an infinity stone, blah, 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 huge variant energy. But they also mention like people who just go a different way to work or late for work for a day, take a casual step off and they get pulled out of the timeline. Maybe that's the majority of these people Who are working as TV agents. But the other thing is like I guess because time moves differently there, you could theoretically say, like, let's say Mobius was taken in the nineties, right? He could have been there though for like thousands of years now because of the way time moves. You see what I'm saying? No, totally. And I and
1: I have an idea that it may be far fetched, but I will float it it. by you regarding the variants. If we operate under the assumption that the timekeepers are a front or that Kang is one of the timekeepers or what have you, what if each what if all these variants come from different place, different multiverses that Kang has conquered and he sort of keeps one from each place for a specific reasoning, Ooh. what kind of lends itself to that too is this we're hearing about this ship called an Ark. In this episode, which, if you think about it in biblical things, it was like they kept, I think it was two of each that they uh, saved wow, so that they would shit. go forward into yeah. like the new, cre- new post apocalyptic, again, apocalypses yeah. world. So that's a, a theory that I thought about in a sense that kind
0: of maybe could have, you know, thought. I don't know. I think that's really, I like that. I like that a lot. I wonder, because that works for me. I just wonder if. I feel like Kang has to be teased somehow in Multiverse of Madness. Maybe he's not the big thing because we know we're saving him for Ant-Man. True. I just feel like he has to have something to do with this. We'll see. Um, And so they get to the crowded city to try to get to the Ark, and people shit has hit the fan. And it's going to be really hard for them to reach this Ark, I mean, because you just have people who know they're going to die losing their minds. Um, And the moon cracks, and meteors come raining down on the town. And then, this is the biggest takeaway from the episode, <clears throat> in my opinion. A building is falling on Sylvie and Loki. Loki stops the building from falling on them and essentially sends it back up. One would, one could say, oh, that was telekinesis powers that we saw with the Roomba in the last episode. And I would say... Remember when they're fighting in the the warehouse and he kind of uses it and pulls the Roomba? Mm Mm-hmm. And I would say I don't think that's true because I think that Loki has the time stone. We have been wondering since episode one, like, did Loki actually take one? Because it kind of looked like he might have. We're not really sure. That just, the way that building was falling and the way it went right back up, how calm Loki is, Peter, throughout all of this. Because you know what? He knows. He knows. He has the time stone and can fix everything. What, I have another part two to this theory for how it will relate next week, but I want to get what you think, though. First of all, just it wasn't the time stone.
1: Um, I think so. I, did, I put in the notes. I put a note that I was so glad that you put that in the, note, in the synopsis because... I thought of that, and I mean, it doesn't surprise me that you also thought of that because that was not his typical magic. Yeah. Let me stop this because he literally reversed it back. Or reversed, what is his direction? Mm-hmm. He reversed it back to going back up and did it with such calm. And if we think about it again, Loki likes to say that he's several steps ahead of what's happening. Mm-hmm. So I feel like he's not stressed about the fact that the that they missed the arc or that the planet's going to. I don't think he's stressed. I don't think. I think he's very much calm yeah, about this because I, he has the time stone
0: what i think loki is going to do in the next episode this is part two of that theory so like the the moon's crashing the ark is destroyed we did see however in promotional material peter of like a president loki type thing Hmm. what i think loki is going to do is he is going to use the time stone to turn it back before gives himself a little more time before the moon cracks and all that stuff and he will might go back like weeks before. Who knows? And he is going to become the king of this place, and and organize a plan for them to get out. And I don't think I think that plan probably won't even work because I think Mobius is going to be the one to come save him, and Sylvie. But I could see that that's how that vote for Loki thing ties in. What do you think?
1: I think that's a great speculation to have, especially since we've learned that what happens in these apocalyptic situations isn't tva noticeable or flaggable so they would not necessarily be aware to this it seems very on brand that he would do this to take over this planet which he sees as an opportunity to to do so i think i think that's a great idea i think that it would be a great place to take it next because it it validates Timestone as well as our promotional material of the president loki
0: yep so finishing up this episode they fight their way over and they're getting towards the arc but then it's just destroyed by a chunk of moon that is falling they are stuck people i mean that's what sylvie thinks that's what we think unless we think that that's the time stone and sylvie walks away in disgust and it's the end of the episode kind of an abrupt ending um i thought it was perfect though for a loki episode to just have everything kind of blow up in loki's face and he just has to watch it um before we get into theories and questions uh do you have anything else on that little ending right there that we had i think it
1: was the right ending for episode three out of six i think it was the right place to kind of put us to where once again you have no idea what could possibly happen next but you are left with several reveals that potentially set up what could happen i thought it was a well-executed ending
0: yeah so did i i i I liked the abruptness of it because i think it just leaves you wanting more and looking forward to next week like you said um so let's go through some theories and questions here to wrap up the first one is does loki have the time stone and i think we both are on that same page that he does right yes okay Yes. next question do you think do we think loki is going to use the time stone to help them escape or do you think mobius is going to come rescue them because i think peter i think we're getting mobius rescuing them i think loki's going to be using the time stone but i do think mobius is going to come to save the day theoretically or capture them who knows
1: no i think that makes sense i think mobius has to come in to play again here because mobius knows that this is where he would sort of beat loki would sort of be and mobius is still trying to use or save loki in order to get to the, his accomplish his goal so, I think that we do see the two of them get together in the next episode.
0: Mhm-, okay, We're on the same page there. How quickly do you think they're gonna tell Mobius he's a variant, and will he believe them? I think that's
1: maybe episode seven I feel like would be five, uh, you the mean? episode
0: they're sorry five yeah I, I knew,
1: didn't I know this one. I'm glad. So, yeah, I think yeah, the, the penultimate episode will be where yeah. he, they find out he's a variant. Cause I think that's where a lot of things are going to come together. And I feel like that's the kind of reveal that she would use there. Or I could also see it happening at the end of next week's episode, somewhere towards the very end or
0: beginning of the following episode. I like that. I like that. Um, and this is, I guess, a giant question Is Do we think Renslayer is a variant? I don't. Uh, I do, I do, I, ah, uh, go.
1: See, I, I had that, th- I, I wrestled with that one, even leading up to this, recording this, because I thought to myself, it would be cool, in a sense, to see someone who is a variant and so strongly believes in the t v a discover that what they believed in was false. I think that would be quite an interesting dynamic to see someone's belief system crumble, Mm-hmm. And they're sort of left lost. On the other hand, you have where she is working for the Timekeepers and she actually is a TBA agent. Maybe she's the original TBA agent. I don't know. I feel like it could go either way. I think I would like to see a, that she experience that sort of identity conflict loss type thing. Yeah, that'd be good.
0: I think, And that'd be good, especially if they're going to have her next... Uh and another season of this because maybe season two is rebuilding the tva with some of the characters or whatever i don't know we'll find out um you had a good point how did the other variants get to the tva we talked about this a little my theory is i think it was it was like the people who just randomly got screwed by the timeline like i was five minutes late to work i went down this street instead i think those are the tva agents because if you did something really bad i think they're gonna get rid of you that's a good point. I can get them.
1: Yeah, I think that's an interesting. It's a more grounded, believable belief of how they got there, as opposed to my sort of far-reaching. They were plucked from these different yeah. things as you know souvenirs, so to speak. But I, I like
0: I, that. I like the souvenirs in the way it relates to Kang, because I will say, as we get to this next question, I'm not sure we're going to see Kang. I I was kind of confident about it in the beginning, and now <clears throat> I'm a little less sure. So here's the question. Or wait, no. I, I got some other stuff I want to go through. Okay. How old is Sylvie, and why has she been running from the TVA for so long? I think we're, like, what, hundreds of years? Like, very old. That's what I'm going to go with.
1: Well, yeah, but I, I think, again, her whole timeline is something that's very sketchy compared to the TVA's approach to loki with their presentation of this variant that is around because how long has she been able to get so far ahead of them that they haven't been able to stop her so i think next week next week's episode should give us some clarity on that and where she falls into the timeline. because especially if she's jumping around her, her obviously her timing would be different
0: mm-hmm. and we know time works <clears throat> differently there so we'll see how that maybe it's like being in the quantum realm like, uh, well,
1: if we're in the quantum realm, like you theorized, I think last week. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah. Um, you have this, and I think this will be interesting. I'm, cur- I'm curious what you'll say, and I'm curious what you'll think of what I'll say. The halfway point check-in. We're halfway through this show. How is it comparing to Wanda and Falcon and the Winter Soldier? You go first. So with
1: Wanda, if I'm not mistaken, we ended halfway with Monica being outside of the Hex. Mm -hmm. and for me that was a very interesting reveal I felt like I really liked where Wanda was going at that point with Falcon and the Winter Soldier we ended with the reveal of Wakanda being now involved in the show I would rank this one in terms of I would say I would put it in second to Wanda's and put Falcon in third because I felt like Falcon, we had a more clearer picture of where we were going. Wanda, mm-hmm. we had zero idea where we were going. And this one, there's kind of a mix of both. Mm-hmm. In a sense, I would put it rank it second at the moment for halfway point score.
0: Okay. I, I think it's a lot closer of Wanda in this than most people think or than I thought before I started thinking about this because I think you're right. I think Wanda, the mystery of everything that was going on halfway through, I mean, the hype was incredibly high. So I would like... Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say it's equal to Loki as of what we're right now. And as punishment to WandaVision for not including Doctor Strange and Ralph Bonering me, that will get second. My main point with this, though, Peter, is as Loki's gone on, as I've thought more about this, even as I was watching Falcon and Winter Soldier, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier was not very good. So it's interesting that you say that because...
1: I think it was earlier this week. I am. Um, I felt like rewatching something of the MCU. I'm more drawn to rewatching an episode of Wandavision than I am of rewatching an episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I
0: haven't watched a single one since it ended.
1: And it's I, I don't. I mean, I I like the characters. I like all of it. But it's just like, it was. It's very good. not. It's not something that I'm like. I need to see it again. I feel like it was a good, in the one watch experience. Okay, now we know where we're going but I don't think, I don't want to see the Flag Smashers again. I don't want to see Carly again. I like Sam and Bucky, but I can also see them in movies that I really, that I enjoy the bigger movie as a whole. Yeah. Uh, and WandaVision yeah. is just fun. It's it's something Yeah, I think the different. only
0: rewatchable episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier is probably the Zemo one when they're in Madripoor. That one's pretty cool. Because otherwise, like, I don't know. The finale to me was, fell flat the more and more I think about it. So, yeah, I, I, I would rank, rank Loki, then WandaVision, <clears throat> then 10 Fit of Shit, and then Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, you have a question. Based on the teaser for next week, are we going to have an Agatha backstory type reveal for Sylvie? I'm jealous I didn't think of that because that is 150 billion percent what is going to happen. That's such a great call.
1: And I think I w- I'm, I'm looking forward to this in a way that I wasn't looking forward to seeing the Flag Smasher's backstory. Like, I didn't I don't care. I didn't care. I didn't want to see how they got there or what their motivations were. Her, I want to see what the story is. It's and so I like that different to, different to Agatha, though, it's like we weren't... It never came to mind that I wanted to see it, but then they gave it to us, and I was like, this is great. Whereas mm-hmm. here, it's like you've built it in a way that I want to see the reveal to this character, how they got there.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's so similar because if you think about it... Agatha's takes her to a long time ago with like magic and Sylvie's is going to take her to basically a long time ago in a magic place. That's just not on earth with like that sort of stuff. So I think that's fascinating. That's a really good point. What I think is
1: real quick, kind of a contrast to it though is Agatha wants to use Wanda to accomplish her goal. Sylvie so far could care less about Loki's involvement in her accomplishing her goals.
0: Yeah. Yeah. She does not trust Does not trust this Loki, and it's going to be very hard for her, too. So, next question. Who is the big bad of this show? I'll go through our options. Is it the TVA as a whole? I don't think so, because the variant thing we just learned. Is it the timekeepers? Mm, probably. Is it Kang? Well, I mean, if he's a timekeeper. Renslayer? We talked about that. Sylvie? Is she double-crossing us? Is Loki triple-crossing us? is mobius somehow bad or is it a different version of loki that is maybe pulling all the strings behind this i ask this all peter to where do we go from here
1: so can i make your head hurt right now because i'm gonna yeah. throw something at you what if this loki in using and in, through this show this ends with this variant of loki Going to Ragnarok, pre-Ragnarok occurring, switching places with our original Loki, and this Loki dies in Infinity War. Henceforth, there's that line where he says that the sun will set on us again, or something where Loki says to Thor, so the real Loki is alive
0: somewhere else. Holy shit. The zoom in they have on the Ragnarok file and the way they flash to Loki's face lends some definitely some credence to that theory
1: I mean, that's but I mean because I mean that's kind of an interesting way to kind of where you go from here because or I guess you could go that once again the multiverse is crumbling, it's falling apart, it's like weakening. but I feel like is that what we want to see with this one? I don't necessarily know.:
0: It's a great point. I mean, in terms of who I think the big bad of the show is, I think it's the Timekeepers. But I do think that there might be a conflict that the Timekeepers have been having that's basically causing all this. And I do, th- I think it's like an older version of Loki. There, I think there is a gnarly older version of Loki out there somewhere that his battle with the Timekeepers, whether that be Kang, et cetera, is kind of causing all of the events of what we're experiencing which is causing what the TVA needs to do, which is causing them having to hunt down Sylvie, which is has, I don't know. I do think that they're, because Richard E. Grant is cast in this. Oh. He would be totally an old man Loki. And he's a big enough character to where it's like, he's not going to be Joe Schmo. I mean, Ralph Boner. Let's not forget that. <sighs> But again, I, I almost feel like I, I still
1: want to double down on my Wizard of Oz type vibe theory where the timekeepers are an illusion for something. There's something that's not we never get to see them we never we're not allowed to see them we're not allowed to ask questions about them. There's something there that's very Wizard of Oz in a sense and has I mean the whole thing kind of does have that you're out of home you're not trying to figure out way to get to where you're going in order to see the timekeepers that's loki's plan he wants to see them see the wizard at the end and through this loki is sort of gaining his own sense of his courage
0: self. his heart his yeah that's For a great it, point yeah. um well damn well damn loki episode three what a ride the show has been. We've been halfway through. Thanks for everyone to listening alongside with us. Again, if you want to throw in any questions for us to answer, some theories, you can send them to the Pineapple Couch on Twitter and Instagram. You can send them to brianrobbins54 at gmail.com. You can send them to thepineapplecouch at gmail.com. You could DM me or Peter. Peter, what's your Twitter? peter gonzo 2Zs. i knew that i don't know why i asked that but um uh, any wrap-up shot uh things on today's show peter before we uh, say goodbye
1: you know i like how there are certain episodes of the of sh- this of the, sh- of, the sh- of shows that we review and podcasts that we go into and we're like it's gonna be a shorter show today yep, and then our the minds just start sprouting multiple timelines of different things and we start going to i mean we and we also i feel like with each episode the nerd comes out more in oh, a yeah. sense there's a lot of easter Perfect. eggs
0: in this stuff so that's great yeah it's great i'm looking forward to it um if you like what you're listening to give us a like if you're listening on youtube or watching on youtube subscribe if you're listening on apple Podcasts or spotify this has been episode 106 of the pineapple couch with b-rob on june 25th episode 3 of the loki series peter thank you so much for joining It's a pleasure. All right. We'll see you guys next time.